This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Welcome to The Real Reel, where I take you behind the Instagram reel and into the real lives of entrepreneurs, content creators, and anyone who inspires me and may inspire you too. I'm your host, Natalie Barbu, and let's get into it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. I'm very excited because I am recording a solo episode and I love doing these solo episodes. I think they're a lot of fun and it's just a chance for me to kind of like sit and connect with you guys. And I'm going to get a little comfortable here because I have a stomach ache. But last night I went to bed at 7 p.m. I was so tired because I actually spent the week last week in New York City, which I'm going to do a full recap on. Don't you worry. But I spent the week in New York and New York always just like drains me. It always makes me so exhausted and I'm just like I get so tired. And so I was just feeling like super, super, super fatigued and I didn't work out of the office. I worked from home yesterday. My parents were in town, so they took me out to lunch for my birthday because I did just turn 27, which is wild. But they took me out and I just felt so, so tired. So by 7 p.m., I was like, I'm going to bed. Like I was like, I feel like I should eat dinner because all I had was lunch, but I like couldn't even do that. I was like, I'm just going to go to bed. I am exhausted. So I went to bed and I had the worst stomach ache. It was like in the upper stomach area. It wasn't like period cramps or anything like that. It was truly just like a horrible stomach ache and it didn't go away at all. Like I still currently have it. So that's why I need to sit in my car with like my knees up to my chest because I still have a stomach ache and I did not sleep like at all last night. I felt like I was in and out of sleep. I mean, I was in bed for hours, but I was just like in and out of sleep, not being able to fully like get comfortable. And I was just like in so much pain. And I am such a baby when it comes to being sick. I don't know if you guys are like this, but when I'm sick, all I want is my mom. I'm like, my mom can do anything like she she can heal me. She can fix it. Like I just I need my mom when I'm sick. And now that I'm 27, that is not really an option anymore. It actually would have been if they left a day later because my parents were in town yesterday and they left in the afternoon. But unfortunately, that was just not an option. So I was unable to get my mom to help me, which that's fine. But yeah, I'm just someone who I'm like, I just need my mom when I'm sick. And I remember when I was in a relationship, I always was like, I just want like my boyfriend there when I'm sick. And like he was just never there because we were long distance. So it just never ended up timing wise working out, which I guess is good not to spend your time together when you're sick. But you know, I just wanted someone to take care of me. And for the past, like, I don't know, 10 years, since I've been out of the house, I like haven't had anyone to take care of me when I'm sick. And that's just the worst. No one tells you that that's a really bad part about growing up. But it is like I just sometimes we all just like need our mom or we need someone to help us. Anyways, all that being said, I am a huge baby when it comes to being sick. I don't have a fever. I don't have like a stomach virus. Like I'm not like throwing up or anything like that. My stomach just is in physical pain and I feel like I need to crawl in a ball. But anyways, that's not what this is about. I'm sorry I spent like the past three minutes talking about my stomach ache, but I wanted to actually recap New York City and then I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. And I think I've done an episode on imposter syndrome before, but I want to like really dive into it because it's something that I feel like I feel so prevalently 
Is that the right way to say it? Like it's such a prevalent feeling in my life. And I just want to talk about it because I've had some revelations, we can say. Last week, the Rella team and I went to New York City and we went to New York because we were hosting our very first event with Discord. And I am so excited to talk about it. So if you guys don't know what Rella is, then you must be new here. But Rella is the app that me and two other co-founders started. And it is a digital workspace for content creators to manage their content and manage their brand deals and just kind of run their business out of. So we want to be a part of your workflow as a content creator. You can schedule posts, you can plan out your content calendar, you can track your brand deals. We really want to be kind of like from the idea to the execution of all of your content. Pretty much do everything except for the editing portion of content creation. So if you're a content creator and you want to get organized, then you need to be on Rella. And if you have been listening to this podcast and you're a content creator and you're not on Rella, I'm slightly insulted, but that's okay. We definitely need to show it more. I feel like I need to show more use cases on social media because that's one thing that I feel like so many times I'll show people like, oh, here's what Rella does. And every time I show them, they're like, wait, what? Rella does all this? I didn't know that. And I'm like, okay, well, I've been doing a bad job then at explaining what it is. But anyways, that is what Rella is. Is, that's what we do. Discord, on the other hand, is a huge company. Rella is a team of six full-time employees. Discord is a company with like 900-something employees, and it's a $15 billion company, billion with a B. Yep, you heard that right. And it has 150 million active users a month. So they're like only a little bit bigger than us, like not that much. But <laughs> they actually are notorious for being known in the gaming community. I guess is notorious the right word for it. They're just known for being a community space for gamers, but they really want to shift that narrative and they want content creators of all types, including lifestyle creators, to get on the platform and start creating their own servers so that they can connect with their own community. But Rella actually integrated with Discord where you can now join Rella, connect your Discord, and then get connected with other similar creators to you based on your niche. You can also ask your community, like ask the Rella server or in any server, but specifically right now, the Rella server, you can ask for content ideas and then directly from Discord, you can integrate it into Rella. So you don't have to like type it out yourself. You like right click, add it to Rella, and then those ideas get added. So we're trying to come up with more ways that we can integrate it. So if any of you have ideas, please let me know. But this is just the beginning. This is the first kind of kickoff event. And I think it went really, really well. And I'm so happy that so many of you came to New York and or were in New York and came to our event. So I wanted to recap it for anyone that wasn't there. And I'm sorry for like bombarding you on my stories, because I feel so annoying. I don't know if it's part of just like social media nowadays. I don't know, but I feel so annoying on social media. Do you guys feel that way? Is it because I'm losing followers? Is it because I now like am more, I don't know, I think being single, you're like more self-conscious about what people think about you, specifically boys. Maybe that's just me, but I'm more like conscious. I'm like, wait, how am, how is this being perceived? Versus when you're in a relationship, you're like, I don't care. And it's not even like I'm like trying to look for anyone or anything like that. Or there's no one that follows me that I'm even interested in. But I'm just more aware, I guess, of how I'm being perceived. And I don't know if that's just like part of being single or what that is. But 
yeah, let me know if you guys feel that way. But I feel so annoying on social media. But that's not what this is about. So if you guys saw on social media that Rella hosted an event with Discord in New York City. So we went to New York. The entire team went and we hosted it at the Public Hotel, which if you have never been to the Public Hotel, it is so nice. I'm pretty sure that they have like a rooftop bar and a restaurant where you can just go like you don't need to go for an event and you can hang out and get drinks. I highly recommend it. The views are incredible. You get like the best views of Manhattan out of the public hotel. And it's just so beautiful. But going to the event was the very first time seeing the venue. So we didn't get to see it until we were actually up there setting up. And it was so incredible because as a small team, seeing that is like being in New York City is like the most iconic city in the world. It's my personal favorite city. The fact that we were able to do an event in my favorite city, but also with the views that we did at such an iconic location with such an iconic company it didn't feel real. Like when I tell you our whole team was like, is this really happening? And Discord is a big company. They have done really cool things. Us, on the other hand, we're a very cool company. I love our team. I love what we do. But we don't get experiences like that. We are scrappy. We are small. We are not a big company like Discord is. So the fact that we are able to host something like that with them and that they trusted us and wanted us to host it with them was incredible because they actually approached us. So they were the ones that wanted to reach out to a company that had a very strong community of lifestyle creators. And I'm friends with someone that works at Discord and she instantly thought of us and this was actually the very first event that Discord ever did with another company. So Discord has hosted other events before, but it's their first one where they actually partnered with another company to do it. So I'm not only just like honored that we were the first ones, but just that they thought of us, that they trusted us, that they trusted our community because our community is by far like the best part about us. Like we would be nothing without our community. And that was something that was intentional from day one was like the fact that we wanted to build a platform that had a very strong creator community. Let's talk about styling hair because it is a whole production, especially when you are battling frizz and take it from me. I live in Miami, Florida. It is about to be summer. I really know frizz, but honestly, I would rather be doing something else like booking a spontaneous vacation to St. Bart's or rewatching the Ares tour for like the third time, you know, the important stuff. But who actually has time for frizz? Introducing Way's new anti-frizz cream. It is like a superhero for your hair. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours. I actually brought it on a trip with me and my friend borrowed it and she purchased it right then and there because it was that good. So how does this fit into my hair routine? It is the best thing I could have done for my hair. I am all about saving time and the anti-frizz cream does just that. Plus the Sydney inspired North Bondi scent is so amazing. You can thank bergamot, Italian lemon violet and more. And as someone who is always concerned about heat damage because I definitely use a lot of heat on my hair, this anti-frizz cream provides heat protection, which is such a big relief. And my hair feels so much lighter and looks smoother after using it. Get busy being frizz free with Way's new anti-frizz cream. It's not just about taming frizz. It also provides heat protection up to 400 50 degrees, reduces inner pair split ends, quenches dry hair with intense hydration, and according to a consumer perception study, 90% of participants agreed that their hair looked less frizzy after using it. I can definitely contest that. And while you're at it, check out Way's other bestsellers like the leave-in conditioner, which I also use, detox shampoo, fragrances, hair oils, and hair gloss. They're all essential for achieving that salon-worthy look at home. 
So you can first free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code RealReal. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly, so why should payday? The money you earn can be in your hands today, as it should, with Earnin. Earnin is an app that is changing the game when it comes to getting paid. Imagine having access to the money you've earned as you work, not just waiting for payday. With Earnin, you can access up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. So think about it. The next time you're planning a special night out, you need a last minute gift for a loved one, or you face an unexpected expense, like maybe a trip to the vet. Earnin has you covered. For me, it's about having the flexibility to handle those surprise expenses that life throws my way. So whether it's unexpected bills or needing to cover rent when things are tight, Earnin gives me peace of mind knowing that I have access to my hard-earned cash when I need it most. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability, security. It gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type Real Real under podcast when you sign up. It really helps the show, so please don't forget that step. Real Real under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It was such a surreal experience getting to do it at that venue with that company and seeing people in real life. Like there were so many people that came to the event that have not only been following Rella since day one, since even before day one, like we're in the OG like beta group. Like that's how long they have been with us. The fact that they've been with us for that long and then they were able to come to the event was just so, so, so surreal. And so that was just like a kind of like a crazy moment. But then seeing people that have been following me for so long, I met someone there that has been following me since the webcam days. She said she's been following me since like 2012. Like I don't even remember the content I was posting in 2012. I don't remember. I don't remember anyone from 2012. And, and the fact that she was following me for that long or someone that's been following me since the college days, since New York City days, like people that have been just in my community for so long. I just want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart not trying to be cheesy at all, but seriously, it means so much to me. So the event was incredible and we want to do more of these. So depending on where you guys live, let me know where you want us to do our next event because I think it would be so much fun to do them. All over LA would realistically probably be the next one. So let me know. Or Miami again. We definitely want to do another one in the summer here, except I'm like summer in Miami. I don't know how many people are here. I feel like in the winter, a lot of people come, but I don't know. Personally, I love the summers here, not because it's super hot, but one, whenever people from New York ask me, they're like, oh, you live in Miami? Like, how do you deal with the summer? I'm like, how do you deal with the summer? New York City in the summer, the energy, incredible, immaculate, yada, yada, yada. The weather, horrible, 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 horrible. You are like roasting in a concrete jungle, like the cement radiates heat. There's no ocean breeze and there's no ocean. And every pool, like let's say you're a member of Soho House or 
you go to Equinox Printing House or whatever with a pool, good luck getting in and good luck getting a seat. Like, there's, like, no pools. Okay, you go to Central Park, you tan. Where do you cool off? Like, I'm sorry. People that hate on Miami in the summer, I'm like, we have the ocean. We have pools. We have, like, you can cool down. You you, you got a car that you can blast your AC into once you're done. Like, I, I don't want to be sitting in a subway packed with people with everyone smelling really bad and just, like, roasting in the sun. I'm like, I don't understand. The slander for Miami in the summer makes no sense to me because I'm like, we literally have the beach. Yeah, it's humid. Go to the water, you know? Anyways, that was a tangent, but that's just, like, I'm very passionate about the subject, so... <laughs> If you can't tell. But yeah, the, we definitely want to do more events in different cities. So let us know where you think we should go next. And then I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. So I have kind of like rough outlines for this, but I know I've talked about imposter syndrome on the podcast. I don't remember the last episode I talked about it, but I think for me, I feel it so often being one, a founder of a startup. I think that that like when I introduce myself, I don't know about if any of you guys have like odd jobs or just like not typical jobs. But when I introduce myself to people and they ask me, what do you do? I don't know what to say. I'm like, oh, I'm the founder of a startup and I also do content creation. And then I just feel like a fraud saying it, even though it's true. I don't think it comes off that way. Like I've been working on my confidence. And I think that's another thing. Confidence is something that you need to work on. It's not something that you just like have in you. Like some people, yeah, they're born confident. They have it. I'm not someone that was born co with confidence. Like I was that shy kid that didn't talk to anyone. My friend the other day was asking me what I was like in high school. And I was like, up until my senior year, I don't think anyone really knew who I was in high school. Like my freshman year, if anyone that went to school with me freshman year, they were like, oh, do you know Natalie Barbu? 90% of people would say, no, I don't know who that is. And I've been going to school with them for years. Like I was not cool. I was not someone that was popular, especially entering like my freshman year. By senior year, I feel like everyone kind of knew everyone. And I definitely feel like I became more known, quote unquote, because I did YouTube. So people knew me as like the girl that did YouTube. I also was in Seventeen Magazine. And I think that was kind of like cool. It gave me cool points. So by senior year, I was definitely a little bit more well-known, but I would never describe myself as popular. I was never like in the popular friend group. And also I was very, very, very shy. Like I was always shy, which is ironic because I did put myself on the internet, but it was one thing for me to be like lively and happy and stuff on the internet versus in person meeting people. So confidence is not something that I just naturally have. It's something that I've had to work on and had to work towards. And so for me, whenever I go up to people and they ask me what I do, I feel very awkward and I don't know what to say. And I've been practicing saying it more confidently. And I've literally been practicing like, like one time my friend was like, the way that you describe what you do is like so so weird because at one point I was telling people I just do social media and I feel like that is a roundabout. It's like, okay, what does that mean? Like, do you do social media marketing? Are you an influencer? Do you work in social media? Like, what does that mean? Do you work at Meta? Like, what does that mean? And so I now I'm like, you're right. I need to, because then they always ask a follow-up. No one's just like, oh, okay, cool. They're like, so like, oh, you have social media clients. Like they automatically think I'm a social media manager. And then I'm like, no, I do social media for myself. And they're like, what? So 
I just need to start saying it. So this is this is my practice round on the podcast. But I started saying it as like, hi, I'm Natalie. Oh, nice. Nice to meet you. What do you do? And I'll say, oh, like I <laughs> even saying it on the podcast. I'm like, what do I say? I'll say like, oh, I'm, I'm the founder of a startup and I also do content creation. And that's it. Like, I feel weird if I'm like, and I'm an influencer. But if I can say like, I do content creation, I feel like most people know what that means. And if they need me to explain, then I can. Or usually the follow up question is like, oh, what's your startup? And then I'll say called Rella, we're a digital workspace for content creators to manage their business and came out of a need that I had when I became like a full time creator myself. And so that kind of gives them, you know, the spiel, both sides of the coin. So I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but it took me so long to like perfect that. And I still don't think it's perfect, but it took me so long to kind of get down what I do. And it stemmed from not being confident in it. I was like, people are going to think I'm a fraud. People are going to look at me and be like, this girl who looks like she's 18 years old. By the way, people always tell me that. People literally think I'm like still in high school. They're like, I look so young. And also just I feel like a lot of girls are not taken seriously when they first say something like that. And also I think the word entrepreneur kind of, and I never use that word. I never say I'm an entrepreneur, but I think that that word or like I own my own business sometimes gives off red flags because you have people that are like MLM people or people that are like, I don't know, just like mainly MLM and like things that are just a little, little sketchy. Everyone's a quote unquote entrepreneur and I never want to feel that way. So I feel like if you say that you own your own business or you work for yourself, it's like that gives off that vibe. So I started like just saying that I don't say I own my own business or that I'm like a entrepreneur. I just say I'm the founder of a startup. And I feel like that gives it a little bit more legitimacy, but still it makes me feel like a fraud. And I think that's my own perception. And that's what I want to talk about. I think imposter syndrome a lot of times is just in our heads. It's not real. Like people do not think that much about the things that you say and the way that you portray yourself and the things that you are doing as much as you do. It's kind of it's a little self-absorbed, if I'm being honest, for me to say, oh, my God, these people are going to make fun of me. They're going to think I'm weird. They're going to think that like what I'm doing with Rella is like not legit. They're not going to think of me as like a legit founder. That's a little self-absorbed. And I'm going to tell you why. It's because people don't actually care that much about you. People are so busy focusing on themselves. Are there trolls out there? Are there people that will talk crap about you? Absolutely. Of course there are. But guess what? They're also talking crap about five, 10 other people. People that talk badly about one person never stop at that one person. They talk badly about so many people that you're like just a small percentage of their thoughts because they got a lot of other people that they're dealing with too. And so that, even though it's sad that people are like that, it should bring you comfort in knowing that people don't care about you as much as you think that they do. A lot of times, it's only the loudest trolls that are the ones that make us feel bad about ourselves. But most people think that what others are doing is really cool and is inspiring. And it's like, awesome, you're doing your own thing. Or at the end of the day, they don't actually care. And so I think that gives me a little bit of comfort because I try to think of other people that I see that I'm like, they own their own business, they're content creators, they're maybe doing something totally different than me, but I like follow them on social media. I never think twice. I'm not like, oh my God, they're fake, they're frauds, whatever. I think always like, wow, that's so cool that they're doing this. I like their photo. I comment on their stuff. I'm like very supportive with it, even if I don't necessarily understand it. And I think that's the way that most people are. 
And if you start viewing life out of that lens, you start thinking like, wait, I should be proud of what I'm doing. I should post what I'm doing. Like it it becomes something that you like want to show off because the people that do care are the ones that are in your corner that actually want to hear from you. And the people that don't, who cares? Their opinions are not going to make or break your business. They're not going to make or break your perception of yourself. And they really are not going to care about you as much as you think that they are. And I think that is something that's so nice about it because it's kind of like when you go to the gym and you're like, I don't want to go to the gym because I don't know what I'm doing there. And people are going to make fun of me. Or I used to think I was like, I don't want to go to the gym and only, you know, be able to lift five pounds. That's so embarrassing. Tell me a few times that you've gone to the gym and you've looked at someone, you've looked at the weight that they're carrying, unless they're doing like a lot of weight where it's like, damn, I'm impressed with you that you're carrying that much or you're lifting that much. Unless they're doing that. When have you been like, ooh, that girl over there, she picked out the five pounds. She picked out the 10 pounds. The only time I've ever noticed that is if I want the same weight. If I'm like, wait, there's no more five pound dumbbells here and I need it and it's missing. That's the only time I've ever noticed that. At the gym, have you ever noticed people and you're like, oh, that's embarrassing. They're doing something like unless it's so outlandishly weird where it's like those videos you see on Instagram of people that are just like not using the machine in the right way. And it's like funny because then they end up like falling type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like so outlandish. That's the only time I've ever really noticed anyone else at the gym. I don't notice people. I focus on myself. When I'm at the gym, no offense, I'm looking at me. I'm like, is my form correct? What do I look like when I'm doing this? Oh, wow, I've gotten so much stronger. That's what I'm paying attention to. No one else is paying attention to you as much as you are. And so I think that gives me just a little bit of comfort. And it's helped me work on my confidence because once you realize that, you start realizing that you can do whatever you want. And who cares what other people think? And so that's something that I have just like really been happy about. And another reason with like imposter syndrome that I've kind of forced myself to stop thinking about is that a lot of times with numbers, for example, I'll be upset because I'm like, oh, I'm losing followers or oh, only like 4,000 people watch this YouTube video. And I used to get like 30,000 views or whatever, you know, like things like that. Now I'm like, can you imagine seeing 4,000 people in a room? Can you imagine that? I can't. If I saw 4,000 people in a room, I would be so overwhelmed. It's just reframing your mindset. And I feel like it's never enough. Because guess what? When I first started, 4,000 people was so many people. Now I'm like, ugh, that's nothing. Like, you know, like, remember on Instagram when people were excited to get 10 likes? 10. 10 likes. Today, if I got 10 likes, I'd be like, I need to delete my Instagram account. You know, but it's at the same time, it's like, wait, that used to be the benchmark at one point. And I'm not saying that you should be like 10 likes is a lot and be satisfied with that. What I'm saying is that we will never be satisfied with the number and there will always be a voice in our head telling us you're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. You're not doing enough. And that is a lie because you are and you're doing great. And if 10 people like your post, guess what? Picture those 10 people in a room with you. It's hard to make a reservation for 10 people. 10 people is a lot. It's not a little bit, you know? So try reframing your mindset that way. And also what I realized, especially after the event, was that with the event, I had like 100 plus people showed up. 100 plus people made time to come to an event to take time out of their day to see you, to meet people, to connect, to post about you. And if I got 100 likes, I would be upset. And those 100 people in the room, I was overwhelmed. I couldn't talk to everyone. I didn't have time to give everyone attention. That's incredible. So 
try reframing your mindset in that way and also start realizing like whenever you feel imposter syndrome, like, oh my God, I can't do this. I'm not enough. I'm not qualified. Look at other people and learn about their stories because I'm telling you whenever I have people on the podcast, whenever I meet people in real life and I start talking to them, I'm like, there's not that much of a difference between me and you. Like, what's the difference? I mean, of course, sometimes there's a big difference in the sense of some people grew up certain lifestyles that you might not have grown up. Some people have certain connections, but overall, there's not that big of a difference. And so I always think like that person started from nothing. Why can't I start from nothing too? And I think that's the way that we need to start like looking at it where it's like, wait, I'm just like, those people have the same fears. You know, they have the same dilemmas. They have the same struggles. Why do I feel like I'm not good enough? Like, what is it about them that makes them better than me besides they're a few steps ahead of me? I think that's what you need to look at. And also start looking at how long it took people to reach success. Start looking, I mean, start, that is like where I'm like, wow, okay, I am on the right track because I start seeing other people who maybe they took a shorter amount of time as me, but they still had like the same struggles that I felt. And that gave me like so much comfort. So I just want to say this event in New York, it literally made my imposter syndrome go away. And I'm not going to say that it's not going to come back because I think as founders, as entrepreneurs, as creators, we're the toughest critics on ourselves. We're so hard on ourselves. But I actually think that it's never as bad or people don't think of it as like fraudulent as you do because we are the hardest on ourselves. But yeah, so I just really want this to be a little quick pep talk to realize that like you can literally do whatever you want to do. People don't care about you as much as you think. And that should be so relieving. Like that to me is such a good feeling. I feel like maybe someone listening to this is like, what? No, I want people to care about me. The people that do care, care about you a lot. And they are in your corner and they are loyal, but you don't need everyone to care about you. And that's actually so freeing when you realize that. I think that's a better way to frame it because no, I want people to care about me. If no one cared about me, then I wouldn't have a platform. I wouldn't have a business. I want people to care about me, but I want the right people to care about me and you will attract the right people. The people that don't care, the people that are like not supportive, people that are haters, people that are just like indifferent, you don't want them to care about you. And guess what? They don't. Even if they leave a negative comment, even if they make fun of you with their friends, they're doing it to a bunch of other people. You're not taking up that much real estate in their mind. And if you are, Honestly, that's really embarrassing for them. But I don't think we take up that much real estate in people's minds because people that hate on one person will hate on multiple. So yeah, that's kind of like what I wanted. I just wanted to ramble. I, I didn't have a script or anything like that. I just wanted to record that episode and hopefully that encourages some people and doesn't actually like discourage you. I hope it encourages you. Anyways, that was it for today's episode. I love doing these solo ones. It just feels like a therapy session. Like I'm sitting here in the car like I could literally fall asleep right now in the car talking to you guys. And I just want to say thank you so much for watching. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you for listening. If you're listening to the podcast, if you are, take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram story because that would mean so much to me. It's how kind of like what spreads the word for the real real and for myself. And if you guys are listening, please be sure to rate this podcast five stars. You can rate us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I say us as if it's plural. I don't know why I do that. I'm a solo host. Why do I do that? Anyways, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I will see you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Real Real. I hope that you enjoyed and don't forget to rate, review, follow, or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. You can follow me personally on Instagram at Natalie Barbu and the podcast at The Real Real Podcast. I'll see you next Monday.
Hey there, my name is Renee Rena, and I am the mom friend you have always wanted. I am also the host of the Mom Room Podcast. We publish two episodes per week, a co-hosted episode on Tuesdays and a solo episode on Thursdays. Popular topics include pooping and having sex after giving birth. I have a solo episode where I talk about not sharing a bed with my husband and why that's okay. I hope you'll tune in to these conversations every week. Join us on Instagram at the mom room podcast and start to feel a little less alone in this crazy thing called motherhood. Hey, my name is Lovan Roomf and I've been working my ass off as a celebrity stylist by day and a podcast host by night. At the Low Life Podcast, it's all about keeping it real. We're talking fashion, beauty, to religion, sex, drugs, mental health. I mean, there's no topic off limits here. And vulnerability is mandatory. You can find my podcast, The Low Life, that's L-O, no W, everywhere and anywhere you listen to your podcasts. New episodes are out every Thursday. We'll see you then. <laughs>